Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast this Thursday night. My name is Sebastian Richard. And I'm Elizabeth Richard. And we're so happy you could join us tonight for the continuance for part two of Kingdomizing Your Money Mindset. So last week, last Thursday, we went through part one of Kingdomizing Your Money Mindset. And now we're continuing with part two. It was a really long teaching, so I had to cut it in two parts. Yes. And today's going to be just as exciting as the first part. Actually, really good. actually, it's going to be better. <laughs> so back up the truck, just like you did last week, because we're going to dump gold on you. It's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. We have some great stuff, great, great content that we're going to deliver tonight. And we know, we believe in our hearts. I believe in my heart that what you're going to hear tonight, what you're going to learn tonight is going to encourage you to give liberally in God's kingdom, to sow seeds into God's kingdom without any fear and with the assurance that God will recompense you for that sowing. Yeah, and it, you know, it got, all goes back to the fact that um, for a really long time, you know, we we could see in, um, you know, in the prophetic and in, in different uh, Christian um, denominations, it always comes back to the fact that people don't understand why it's important to give. They know that it talks about tithing in the Bible, but they don't really understand the importance of how it plays in your life. We always think, oh, well, that's going to bless the ministry and, you know, it's going to help them, you know, bring the gospel to other nations. And that's great. And that's the reason why most of the time we do it. But there's many different ways of sowing that will that, you know, many ways of giving that are going to help the kingdom of God and also are going to help us in return that God is going to bless in return. And it's important to understand how that works. Exactly. And and Jesus really wasn't kidding when he he said that there, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You're about to, like, you saw that last week. We, we went through, and we're just going to do a quick re recap about what we taught last week before we dive in for this week's content. But we saw how it was uh, last week, how it's, how it's so much more blessed to give than to receive, especially when you give into God's kingdom. Exactly. And today we're going to find out why. So in our last broadcast, and I encourage you, this is part two. So if you haven't seen part one, I encourage you to go back on our page, uh, Thriving on Purpose on Facebook, and or you can go on YouTube. The, the, it should be there as well on our YouTube channel. Go and listen to this first episode, and then you're, you're going to understand better what we're going to teach tonight. So last week, we looked at how giving is essential to not interrupt the flow of wealth. We also saw how it is indeed, like I just mentioned, more blessed to give than to receive. We also saw that in the Bible, what is mostly condemned when it comes to money, it's not having money. See, some believers think that uh, that God is against wealth or that that um, uh, they have a poverty mindset and they believe that uh, it's more humble to be poor and, and, and it's more... Um, 
godly to be poor than rich. But see, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible actually teaches that it is a blessing to have wealth, but there are certain attitudes toward wealth that are condemned. And one of those is hoarding. The hoarding of wealth blocks the flow of wealth. And we saw that in the last episode, how uh, God wants money to always be on the move. Yeah. He doesn't want money to be hoarded. That's And it says, Solomon said, Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, imagine that. He said that the hoarding of wealth harms its owner. Mm. And that's what Paul meant when he mentioned that money, uh, that, that um, how did he say that? And it was in Timothy. Anyway, it, it, that money can be a curse, in other words. Mm -hmm. uh, and it can be a curse when it's hoarded and it yeah. becomes something that you love more than God or that, you, that you the get, love of money, basically. That you become attached to. Yeah. Exactly. The love of money. That's what the Bible condemns. And the love of money leads us to hoarding it. So tonight we're going to look at certain principles that are really, really going to encourage you greatly in your giving. And I don't, I don't really care where you give. Just give where the Holy Spirit leads. That's all that matters, okay? But sometimes... When the Holy Ghost tells us to give a certain amount, uh, sometimes it can it can sting, and we can be like uh, wanting to hold on to it, and like, are you, you sure you want, that's the right amount you want me to you give? You want me to give five hundred dollars? <laughs> are you certain? So we kind of like trying to hold on to it, and and we we tend to to kind of negotiate with God or try to find maybe loopholes in what He said. Well, he said $400. Is that before or after taxes? <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, uh, we don't negotiate with God. And when we give in obedience to the way he says to give, it's always blessed. It's always going to be blessed. And uh, there was a saying I once read that made me laugh. It says that the, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. That's a scriptural thing that, that we know from the Bible. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, but he also accepts from the grouch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so tonight we're going to look at the principle of giving to a king. Why are we going to look at that? Well, basically, when you give into the kingdom of God, you are, in essence, you're giving to a king. Our Lord is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. So you're giving to a king. It's the kingdom of God. There is a king in the kingdom of God. It's King Jesus. So, uh, and God is king overall. So it is a kingdom with a ruler and a king. So we're going to see what that does. So we know that giving has its own rewards, but where you give will also determine the extent of the reward. Uh, you've ever, maybe if you uh, listen to Christ different Christian ministries, you, you might have heard the expression, if you give to our ministry, it's really good soil. Here's what we do with the money that's given. And we encourage uh, poor people and we do this and we do that. They're basically saying, look, uh, you're, where you give matters. You're giving to us. Well, it's going to matter because here's what we're doing with the money you give us. So when you sow into the kingdom, you are giving to the king of kings and the lord of lords. So it matters, okay? So here's the principle, a principle that you might not know about giving to a king. And, and this is this blew my mind the first time I heard it, but man, it's, it's so good. A king, and I wrote it down here because this is good stuff. You can tweet this, by the way. That's a good quote. <laughs> a king, in order to preserve his glory will never allow himself to be outgiven or outdone by anyone. Now, this is so powerful, I'm going to repeat it. 
a king in order to preserve his glory will never allow himself to be outgiven or outdone by anyone. So when you give to a king, you always get back more than you gave. So this principle, this principle that applies to all kingdoms over the earth in all of history also applies to the kingdom of God, even more so in the kingdom of God because he's the, the greatest king ever. So God, as a king, will never allow himself to be outgiven by anyone. And you're in luck because uh, you're you're not just gonna go you're not just gonna get back from him as a citizen of his kingdom, but as a believer, you're also a son in the kingdom. So you're getting like a double portion, basically. You're giving as a citizen of the kingdom, but you're also giving to him as a son. So what you get back is the mother load. Really, it is. So you can never outgive a king because if you outgive a king, you know what happens? No. You make him look bad. And kings don't <laughs> like to look bad. Okay? So they never allow themselves to be outgiven. And there, this principle is very well illustrated in, a, in the Bible. There's a, a particular account in the Bible that shows this to a T. And <clears throat> it's the story of the Queen of Sheba in the scriptures. When we read the story of the Queen of Sheba, we understand, we see right away that she she understood this. Yeah. Like she, first of all, she was a queen. So of course she understood this. She grew up with this knowledge. Like it's not our case, right? We need to learn this. But yeah. she was a queen. She knew that from the get-go. So she had heard rumors that King Solomon was really something else. Like really like an amazing king. And she wanted to know if the rumors were true. So she packed up her, her servants, she packed up her camels, and she brought a ton of stuff with her to go see if the rumors were true. And I'm going to read the account. It's found in, in the, the books of Kings. Uh, I don't remember if it's first or second Kings. It's found in Kings and Chronicles, but I'm reading the account from Chronicles. Second Chronicles, chapter 9, verses 1 to 4. So when the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard question. Oh, yes, she had also heard of his amazing wisdom. So she wanted to know, hey, maybe I can, uh, maybe I have a few riddles here that I can try to slide past and see if he's really, really sharp. So arriving with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw the wisdom of Solomon, of Solomon as well as the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, so she even noticed how the servants of the king were really well-dressed. Like, And you can, ima you can imagine, as the wealthiest man, that even his servants must have made the commoners look like really, really poor. Because <laughs> like, even his servants must have looked awesome. So she, she saw the, the, the attending servants in their robes, the cupbearers in their robes, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. 
she's a queen. Yeah. She's she's not just like a, like me. Like if I was, I would be overwhelmed. And it's it's nothing. <laughs> it's like, so what? You were overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a king. Anybody would be overwhelmed. Yeah. But she was a queen. She was used to riches. She was used to wealth. She was overwhelmed. And then a little later, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but a little later in verses 9 to 12, we read this. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones, there had never been such spices as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. The servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon brought gold from Ophir. They also brought algam wood and precious stones. The king used the algam wood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. Nothing like them had ever been seen in Judah. And now... In verse 12, pay attention because here's the kicker, okay? Verse 12, the kicker is coming. And, oh, by the way, the kicker is only in Second Chronicles because there's a parallel passage in, in uh, Second Kings or First or Second Kings. There's a parallel passage that almost the, like the same words are used except for this verse here. And, I, and that's why I picked Second Chronicles. So it says, are you ready? I know you're ready. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired and asked for. He gave her more than she had brought to him. And then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. Voila, the pièce de résistance. She left with more than she had brought. And as you saw from the passage, she had brought the mother load because she knew, she understood. If I give this guy as much as I possibly can bring, I'm going to come back with the mother load because she understood the principle of giving to a king. Uh, and the, 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 uh, there's, there's also a uh, extra biblical account of uh, the Queen of Sheba that she actually brought more than just material things with her. There's rumors. There's, there's some accounts uh, in the Kibra Nagast, which is a, a, a book in Ethiopia that's very popular. It's a holy book in Ethiopia, the Kibra Nagast, that tells the story that the, the Queen of Sheba came back, she, she, she had child, she was with child from Solomon. And uh, that's an interesting story all to its own, but I'm not going to get into that. But apparently they, they, they shared more than just gold and spices. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. So, so he gave her more. He gave her more than she gave. And that is the principle. That's a key principle. If Solomon, if Solomon does this, if in all of recorded history, it is a principle of kings to do this. Do you not think that the king of kings will not do this? I guarantee you that he will. Guaranteed. You have anything to add to that, Lizzie? This is powerful stuff. No, I think it's it's really fun. Like once you know that principle, because then you kind of detect it like 
now, you know, when you hear about, for example, Chuck Swindoll giving billions of dollars oh. to ministries, <laughs> we're like, okay, most people would just think, oh, wow, what a generous man. I right? was like, oh, he's so lucky. And I was like, wow, can you imagine that seed <laughs> that he just planted? Like, he, I think it was $2 billion that he gave into different ministries. Um, through his organization, That's I'm like, wow, stuff. like for sure. Are you sure it's two billion, not two million? No, no, it was like two billion dollars, and uh, and it made the news and everything. And uh, we know he's a, a wonderful man of God. He's a very humble man, a, a really good man. And um, so his, um, I think it was like his, what do you call it? Um, not organization, but. Inside for a living. It, I know he, yeah, he runs inside it, for It's like living. a ministry that he has that basically uh, takes the funds and kind of brings it all, like, you know, uh, divides it into different ministries that are really good, renowned ministries. And, you know, with everything that's happening with COVID, I know what's a lot happen. of them, a lot of them have to shut down their churches. A lot of them are losing money and it's hard on the pastors to stay afloat and all that. So I thought like, wow, you know, if there's any time to give right now to ministries, it's now, right? Absolutely. And so when you think of it from a kingdom perspective, you know that he just sowed a really, really huge seed. Wow. And we've seen this many, many times, uh, wealthy, wealthy uh, Christian leaders giving millions of dollars and getting back like triple and mm -hmm. quadruple what they gave because yeah. they gave to the right person that, you know, under, like we say under fertile, obedience. fertile soil. When yes. we say fertile soil, that's what it means is that we know that it's a kingdom ministry or that it's somebody that really is uh, walking in line with with what god wants and you know is a real honest uh, man of god uh, or woman of god and so and you know so that's why it's important to listen to the holy spirit when the holy spirit leads you to give to a certain organization or a certain person and and for us in some cases it's even been to give to a certain person that's blessed us um you know that we know is uh, in need of finances, but we know that they're a godly or, or godly woman or man of God. And so it's come back to us in wonderful ways. And it's just been wonderful to see how God blesses that and like multiplies that. And, and so what do you think is going to happen with that seed of Chuck Swindle? Do you think it's going to grow uh, like Jack and the Beanstalk and become like this? He's going to get a, a golden goose out of that. And <laughs> I don't know but, what what's gonna happen with that, but I know that he's gonna be wow. beyond blessed. His ministry is gonna be beyond blessed. Fantastic. Sure. To do I mean, more, and that's the thing, right? You give, you get more. You give more, you get more. It, it's the chain of things, right? Well, tip of the hat to Chuck Swindoll. Uh, this is amazing. So now we're gonna look at another principle, Elizabeth. We're gonna look at the prophet's reward. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said in Matthew chapter ten. Verses 40 to 42, interesting things, by the way. Jesus always said interesting things, but this is very interesting. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. This passage is a little bit mysterious, kind of cryptic. 
Uh, I love the part with the cold water. I used to quote that a lot. Uh, you know, you don't, you won't lose your reward even if you give a glass of water uh, to one of these little ones. So uh, to a Christian, to a Christian who basically can't pay you back, even if you give to a Christian who can't pay you back, you will not lose your reward. That's what Jesus is saying in effect here. And he's also saying that if you give to a righteous man, you get, you'll get a righteous man's reward. That's also very interesting here. I'm not going to dive into the, the, the meaning of each category, but I really wanted to, to stop and, and examine the prophet's reward because he's, he mentions, he says, if you give to a prophet, uh, if you receive a prophet, sorry, if you welcome a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. So what is a prophet's reward? Well, first, maybe you should explain what a prophet is in today's like time. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead? Well, a lot of people think that, you know, prophets used to exist only in the time of the Bible. And it's basically a man of God that uh, hears the Holy Spirit in a very clear way and is able to um, prophesy and is able to speak the words of God um, and to that person, right? So we call it prophesying or uh, speaking over a person through the Holy Spirit. And so there's a lot of, um, you know, churches that have a lot of prophets and there's a, a big phenomenon now going on. Well, for a couple of years now that a lot of Christians have this gifting <clears throat> where they're able to prophesy the word of God and, uh, you know, they'll know like specific things, you know, personal things about the person, but not in a bad way. Like it's no, always to edify and yeah. help out the person. Um, God, God reveals to them. God reveals uh, to them just specific things so that they're able to really um, make the person feel that, you know, God is really um, blessing them and edifying them. And uh, it's really encouraging, especially when, you know, you're going through a rough time and stuff. So. Um, we've had a lot of wonderful prophetic words uh, given to us, and we knew that that person was really a man of God or a yeah. woman of God because it was so specific and it was so right on to, to what we were presently living or had just gone through. And so we really knew that it was um, from God. And this was really edifying and blessed us and helped us, you know, in our ministry and helped us in our, in our personal lives. So that's basically what a prophet is. So yeah. there's a lot of they're, prophets. They're basically, just a little parenthesis here, mm -hmm. they're, they're basically uh, the prophets in the New Testament now, are the prophets we meet today, they give you a word. It's called getting yeah. a word. Basically, that word is the rima of God. So you get a rima, a revelatory word of uh, basically an encouraging word where God... Um, will encourage you, strengthen you, uh, show you uh, where to go next or what, what what might be linked to your purpose and future in the in either immediate or maybe in the future. But in and, other words, it's a, it's a word that's, that will encourage you in the Lord. And also it can also be prophetic uh, concerning the future. So there's a lot of prophets that have prophesized yeah. uh, even before, you know, presidential elect elections and they'll kind of... Um, explain, you know, what God is doing through an election or what God is doing um, is spiritually or what's coming in the future. Yeah. If there's any dangers that we need to be aware of so that Christians are able to prepare, uh, you know, some, some people have had prophetic words given to them and they've removed their finances right on time, yeah. right before a crash happened or, 
you know, they were able to save their money that way. Like there's all kinds of different ways that God will use profits. Well, right now, right now, mm -hmm. something that's going around, a lot of men and women of God are prophesying uh, that more difficult times are upon us. Mm -hmm. I can watch the news and you know that, but that they're going to continue getting uh, waxing worse and that we should strengthen ourselves. So they, they kind of give you the strengthen yourself in the Lord, be all in for the kingdom, uh, stuff like that. But also on the, uh, on the same token, they also say, so if you want to make provisions, now's a good time to start stocking up more canned soups or bags of rice or whatnot, because we're going to have some tough times ahead. So make sure you're ready. And, and uh, the, also that you are fully in with God in this season because you want you want um, there's that passage where it says that the the Lord encamps around those who fear Him. So we're at this season in time right now where the Lord will encamp around those who fear Him, and we need to have that fear of God and that repentance. The Lord is looking for people who are going to repent at this time in this season, who are going to uh, follow His voice follow his word, uh, follow his, his, his logos and his Rima. And uh, anyway, I, I just want to get into the profit, uh, yeah, profits so reward thing, but uh, it was a good, uh, I think it's a good point that we're making right now so mm -hmm. that uh, people understand a little bit more what a New Testament prophet is. So there's this very interesting story in First Kings chapter 17, verses 7 to 24. So it's a, it's a whopper. But I feel it's necessary for me to read it because it really shows what Jesus meant by if you welcome a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward because the whole story is about that. So it's about Elijah, the prophet Elijah. So we're going to read. I'm going to read to you the story. I'm going to try to go through pretty quickly because, you know, it's a big passage, a big chunk. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Remember, Elijah had prayed that there wouldn't uh, it wouldn't rain, and for three years it didn't rain. So yeah. after a while, it kind of started getting really, really hard for a lot of people. You know, when there's no rain back then, it mean it meant there was no agriculture and and there was everything was drying up. Then the word of the Lord came to him, him meaning uh, Elijah. Go at once to Zarephath uh, in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, where he came to the town gate, a widow there. Uh, when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called. So she's like leaving and he says, oh, oh, and, and wait, wait, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. So remember, it's, it hasn't rained. He's asking for water. That's pretty bold. Right? He's never met her before. So he's like, this, is, this comes as the test here. That's a testing ground right there. So he asks her for water. Mm -hmm. And as she turns her back to go fetch the water, and we can imagine probably reluctantly, although it was customary back in the day to help strangers in need. She must have thought, wow, well, he's asking me for water now. So she's walking away and he says, oh, and, and bring me please a piece of bread too. <laughs> as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. So 
things weren't going too good for them. <laughs> so they were in dire straits. Okay, they're, they're, they, they, it was it was pretty much the end. Like she was figuring out, it, it, nothing's happening here. Mm. Uh, we're dying. So, okay. Elijah said to her, "Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said." But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord, uh, the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So he's basically assuring her, if you're obedient in giving me all that you've got, because that's all that she's got. That's the widow's might. Okay. Yeah. That's her little flower, a little oil. He's saying, you're not going to lose your reward because it won't stop flowing after that. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken, spoken by Elijah. So because she took care, she sowed in good ground, basically. She took care of Elijah, the man of God, the prophet of the hour yes. in those days, the dude. <laughs> she took care of him. It was very good ground. Because of that, she got so much more back, so much more back. And it's, it gets even better. Check this out. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms, carried him to the upper room where he was staying, and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. And it's kind of funny to me because... And I don't want to criticize her. She's, she's a wonderful woman. But if I had had oil that doesn't run out from this dude, <laughs> I, I think I would have known right away that he meant business, that he was the real deal. But that's just me. But but, but still, I, I think that the whole story yeah, but, you is... Know, the, back, back in those days, yeah. there were also those people that were able to kind of do magic. So... You know, oh, when, yeah. you, when you're Good healing, point, when you're Good healing, point. yeah, when you're healing somebody, it's definitely from God because it's God that heals. Exactly. So, so very that's good like, point. Wow. Very good point. I didn't see that. I love that. That's good insight. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, so she, 
basically saw the blessing of receiving the prophet. And she got what? She got a prophet's reward. The oil didn't run dry. The flour didn't run dry. They had food aplenty for all the, the duration of this famine, which was a curse that Elijah brought upon the land. But because she had sown into good ground by taking care of him, she was taken care of in return. And then some. And then some. So she got a prophet's reward. She got a, a prophet's reward. Sowing into the kingdom of God is always good ground if it's really into the kingdom. And what I mean by that, obviously, uh, if it's a man or woman of God, a, a true believer, uh, a ministry that really honors the Lord. Yeah, we, because there's there's yeah, we've learned we've learned and God's shown us this because, you know, we we have um, in the past, you know, always tithe and gave to different ministries that we were part of. But we didn't realize that, you know, when you're part of a church that what we call is a dead church, that they don't preach the Holy Spirit. They don't talk about the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in healing. Uh, you know, it's it's just religion, traditions. Oh my and goodness. That, that's, that's amazing that you're telling me this now because I had never made two plus two with that. Anyway, mm -hmm. we're going to talk after this <laughs> broadcast because she's revealing stuff to me right now. So, well, I kind of did talk to you about that maybe a uh, while probably back. Probably one of those times when you said, are you listening to me? And I probably wasn't. No, well, I had that that insight uh, a while back that's when, really we, when we had... Uh, called it sowing seeds. So we always kind of tied, you know, but we didn't see it as a seed for our, a particular blessing mm -hmm. um, that we were asking God for. And so we kind of did things differently when we started more learning more, more mechanically about, back in our younger days. Yeah. And we didn't, we just thought, you know, God's going to bless because we're giving and, and that's it. But when you're not giving into, uh, you know, uh, fertile soil, which is really uh, um, a ministry that's, a full gospel ministry, full gospel. And yeah. what I mean by full gospel, I mean everything like everything is is still open for business, okay? The gifts did not cease, raising the dead did not cease, healing, uh, healing did not cease, speaking in tongues did not cease. All of these things did not cease. That's full gospel, okay? Full New Testament glory. So, uh yeah, that's that's good ground, right? Exactly. And also what I was saying earlier, you know, when um, you give to a prophet, to somebody that um, has spoken a word on your life that you know is from God, you know it's a man of God, um, you know, it could be, you know, somebody that lives next to you that is a true woman of God that you know is having a hard time and the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you know what, you should pay her some groceries, for example, because you know that she needs it, um, you know, you're going to be truly blessed in return because that is a kingdom citizen, that is a kingdom ambassador. Now, if you give to a person that is uh, prophesying or that has a ministry that is teaching the gospel of Jesus, that is teaching the gospel of the kingdom, te teaching the word of God, um, also it's it's going to yield a lot of harvest. And so it kind of tickles my ears and kind of gets on my nerves, you know, when people are kind of, um, well, I don't have that money, you know, like if they're supposed to give like $300. Look at the widow. She you know? didn't have much. She like, Basically, Elijah asked her for everything she had left. He asked yeah. her for water. Ch check this out. There's a, there's a, there's a, uh, it, it's dry. There's no rain. 
So there's a huge famine on the land. There's no water. There's no rain. He's asking her for a glass of water. And then he's asking her for uh, the, the little bread. Bake me a little. <laughs> bake me a bread, too. <laughs> so he was basically asking her for everything yeah. she had left. So that was very demanding. But man, the reward she got after that was was really incredible. Exactly. And so that's why sometimes we hear people say, well, you know, if you only have five dollars, just give five dollars. And it's not because they're saying, you know, give me five dollars. I need your money. Like, you know, I won't eat this week if you don't give me your five dollars. No, but that can go a long way in the kingdom. See, your five dollars when sown in faith yeah. through the leading of the Holy Ghost in fertile soil in the kingdom. That five dollar can, can go a long way. It's a long way. It's, it's, exactly. it's the widow's mite. It's the it's the the, the widow's uh, little bread that she made for Elijah. Exactly, and God knows the heart, right? And it's about being obedient to the Holy Spirit and where He tells you to to give. And so that's the difference, you know, when you're uh, giving to a church out of you know in a religious mode, like I'm supposed to tithe and. The church is teaching cessation. Well, well, well Jesus said that you won't lose your reward even if you do it that way. So you're still not going to lose your reward. But it's always better to sow in a, a more fertile ground. Exactly. You don't lose your reward, it's, but it's not as fertile. Because remember, it's not, Jesus it's said it's not as it, big of a harvest either. You can get a 30-fold harvest, a 60-fold harvest, or a 100-fold yeah. harvest. So you're going to get a harvest, but it might be lower on the lower end if depending where. But, but you're not doing it for that. You're doing it out of obedience. That's the main the main key we're trying to yeah. uh, implement tonight in your in your mindset and in your heart. So uh, nobody understood this principle of giving and sowing into the kingdom better than Jesus. Of course, I mean the Lord understood that so well. And I think one of the better illustrations that we have of Him actually applying this principle is when He fed the five thousand. He, he asked what they already had. Remember, so that's the widow's mic. So what do you already have? We have five loaves and two fish. There's 5,000 people there. And back then, they didn't count the women and children. They counted only the men. So we're talking a lot of people. mega church, like <laughs> <laughs> mega crowd, big, big crowd. So the Bible tells us that he took that. And then he blessed it. So that was Jesus in the act of taking it and sowing it into the kingdom. So transferring it from the earth realm where it's very physical and very lacky. It's, it's lacking. There's lack. And transferring by blessing it into God's kingdom where lack does not exist. There is no such thing as lack in God's kingdom. And the rest, as they say, is history and the multiplication. And they were at the end, they were they, they picked up 12 baskets full. And so that's that's a really important key, what he just said, because now we're using the example of, of fish and uh, loaves. And, you know, when I started studying about kingdom finances and how that all works in this supernatural and in, in, in the kingdom realm of God, I, I always wondered why didn't Jesus just like create the bread and the fish, like just make it appear. There's a right? process. God, There's right? a process. And exactly. And so it's really about transferring from one kingdom to the other. So from the physical realm to the spiritual realm. And if you look at most of the, the verses where they talk about um, multiplying in this way, where God created more, he always took something. 
you know, when he took, when he um, made the, like at the wedding, when he made the, the water into wine. There you go. He, he didn't just make wine appear. He, he could have just made it. wine appear. He started with water. But, Exactly. So he had something. He had something to bless, something to transfer into the In other the kingdom. From the physical realm to the spiritual realm, and then abundance appears. Yeah. So that's really, really imp important that we understand that. So when you're sowing your seed, you can't just pray. Like, I mean, of course, there's those exceptions. But if you really want to do it the and, kingdom and, way. And we can even apply it to, uh, to when, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we can even apply it to when he asked Peter, to, to to use his boat to preach. Yeah. That was Peter's seed. Peter didn't know at the time. He had no clue. He says, yeah, sure, you'll go ahead and use my boat. So Jesus is off offshore a little bit in the boat preaching. Mm -hmm. And then he says, okay, now launch out into the deep. And he said, well, we, we fished all night. We caught nothing. He says, and but they on your word, we will do it. So they did it and boom, harvest. But because they had sown a seed, so he, he, he kind of like, tricked Peter into sowing a seed in the kingdom, which was amazing. And, and the, there's a, a preacher that said this this week, and it's something that I've all, always believed for, for the last few years. We always make it about the fish, the fish, the fish. But what Jesus was doing is he was recruiting on that day. And he knew that if he just asked Peter and the guys, follow me, they would not have dropped his nets, their nets to follow him. Why? They needed money to feed their families. So that big catch made these guys see, oh, wait a minute. If I follow this guy, my needs will be, my my needs will be everybody's yeah. going to be fed. There's not going to be any problem. Plus, I'm going to witness stuff like that left and right. I'm in. I'm in. So, so it, it's, see, it's not just the miracle itself, but it's the provision that Jesus proved on that day. Uh, that was uh, it was a double whammy. There was the miracle, of course, that that blew their minds. They're like, wow! Like they needed two boats to, to fill in the, to get the fish in. But also the fact that that catch alone probably was a, a year's salary for them, or close to maybe six months to a year. So they knew they they, they were like this was this was great. Like this was they must have been excited to follow Christ after that. Yeah. They must have been excited. I love that story because I also uh, love the fact that it's also a huge test of faith, right? Because they had uh, gone fishing all night and caught nothing and they bring in all their stuff. And, you know, all that takes time to put away, you know, oh, do it's the not, whole it's a lot thing. Of work. Yeah, putting all that away. <laughs> putting you know, that all away. And after then, a night's toil, they toil during yeah, the night. Exactly. They were exhausted. And they guys. catch nothing. And then the Lord you know, tells them, okay, we're going to head back out. Would you be willing to head back out? And we're going to go fishing and catch some fish. So, you know, probably. He didn't even tell them they were going to catch some fish. It just says, why don't you head on back out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're probably like, well, you know, we would have caught something if there was something to catch, but he was obedient. He didn't talk back. He didn't well, he kind of he, he mildly mentioned. He didn't talk back. When <laughs> yeah. he, he says, he basically saying, you do know we've been out all night, right? <laughs> yeah. We caught nothing. But, 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 I'm just saying, but on your word, we're going to we go out again. We will go again. Okay. Yeah. So you go by faith and, <laughs> and that's representative of many times in our, in our lives, right? That we kind of don't see where God is going with this thing that he's asking us to do. 
but we know we just have to be obedient. And that's that's the, the hardest part sometimes because we're so used to seeing everything in the physical realm yeah. and doubting if it, we don't see these things happen, right? So we we have to learn to live in the spiritual realm and to plant seeds in a way that you um, understand that even if it's not a big amount, that you're planting it into the, God's kingdom. It's also transferring in the spiritual realm, no matter how big the amount. It could be five bucks, it could be 10 bucks. And that that all is going to produce a harvest just because you were obedient, yeah. you know, it, and it can be in different ways. Sometimes it's, you know, giving uh, your clothes, you know, instead of throwing them in the dumpster, you give them away to a Christian organization that helps, uh, you know, widows or people that that are in need. You know, there's many different ways of, of giving. Yeah, exactly. And um, I had something I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. So what I wanted to say is. God will often ask us things that don't always often he asks us things to do things that don't really make sense. Uh, sometimes people will look at you like, what you're doing? What? Yeah. You know, it, it's like, um, but you know, that when, you know Noah, that you when, have to do it. When, when Noah was building that ark, mm -hmm. it was, it was a deserted place. Like it, it, it was the desert. And it's like, you're building what, what are you doing? Um, so every time we have a test of faith, uh, it's a test. And we need to pass that test. For, for the widow, it was like, you want me to give you what on top of that glass of water? You know, there's, there's always a, a requirement that sometimes might make us think that maybe this is nuts. You know, our human carnal nature will, will, will kick against that and, and, and want to not do it. But the spiritual man must take over mm -hmm. and be like, you know what? Although this makes no sense to my senses and to what I know of the earth realm, it's a kingdom command from the king, and therefore I will do it. And then comes the reward. When you went to get our dog, and we have a little poodle, a miniature poodle, Teddy, it seemed to make no sense. Uh, we were in the uh, pretty much the, the toughest phase of COVID back in April, was it, Lizzie? Yeah, in April. And we, we tell the story in one of our podcasts uh, where we talk about God's, God's, favor. God's favor. And you guys should go and listen to that because it was really, really good. But logically and humanly speaking, it meant no, it, it, it seemed completely illogical for Elizabeth to jump in her car to try to cross two provinces to go get a puppy for our family. It seemed like a, a mission that was doomed to fail from the get-go because they had closed all the borders. Anyway, I'm just, I won't say to any, shut down the island. Yeah, I won't. I, won't <laughs> I wasn't say, supposed to get off. I won't say anymore. I'm just encouraging you guys to go check that podcast out because it really shows you what stepping out in faith and digging your ditches really means. Doing doing the thing that will bring in the blessing. Yeah, and um, with the reason why we shared that was really because. The principles, the things that we learned through that experience, you can apply to anything. Yeah, you can apply that to anything. And so God really showed us. He used that. Um, you know, we we went acted in faith. Yeah. But you know, because my my kids' faith were imp implicated in this whole ordeal, but at the same time, He taught us how the how it works, and we were able to get so many nuggets, so many insights that were like, wow. Like when I got back, like it was like do like. I had so many things to write that was like, oh my gosh, like if I didn't live it, I wouldn't have been able to understand how it works. I, I, and I mean, and so have... I was able to, 
to really explain it well in the podcast. So if you go listen to it, you can take notes and apply these things, these principles, uh, the different elements that, I, that we talk about to anything that you're believing God for favor over. It really gave our faith a huge boost that day. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to go back to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verses 32 to 34, because it's it, we're like coming full circle from the first episode. So he said in Luke 12, 32 to 34, he said, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And then he adds, so you're like, so far, so good, right? And I, that's what I said last time. Why would I be afraid? He just said he's giving me a kingdom. That sounds pretty good. And then he's basically getting into the stuff that he knows will make you afraid. <laughs> so when he says, do not be afraid, it's not because of the kingdom gift. That's a great thing. Then he says, as a result, basically it's like, as a result, since the father's good pleasure is to give you the kingdom, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is basically saying, you're in the kingdom now. He's giving you the kingdom. So you don't need to be afraid. And see, this is this is the thing we're going to talk about. Now, the fear factor is usually what keeps us from giving, what keeps us from being generous givers. Yeah, because there's this, always this thought in the back of your head, well, if I give this certain amount and I only have this much left. Well, because we we're always calculating. Then you're, huh? then you're always thinking, well, okay, then I'm going to have this much left. Yeah. But that's not the way you were supposed to think. See, the mathematics that the, the mathematics that we're used to here on earth do not work the same way in heaven. So, yeah. for example, your rent is $500, let's say, and your rent is due tomorrow. But today, God says, give that $500 to so-and-so in church. The math doesn't add up. <laughs> You're like, well, you, you understand? Uh, that's all you got left. And you saying that, but in God's kingdom economy, it will add up. It will add up, and in a way that's going to blow your mind. That's the way God operates. But he tests us regularly in our giving, through our giving, because he wants us to get rid of fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is what holds us back from the blessing. So you need to understand that. So, so when, when Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock, and then he proceeds to give us this uh, give, 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 give uh, passage, it's very interesting. So he exhorts us to give liberally without any constraints, without fear. So we have to get rid of fear. And that's what's holding us back. So how do, like, like, the fear that we, we hold on to, by the way, is fear of lack. Okay? Because, uh, I mean, face it, we live, <laughs> we live here on earth. And the prince of this world wants us to have lack. And as human beings, we've all experienced lack. Yeah. Most of us, unless you were born rich, which is rare. Well, but if you weren't, you chances are you've experienced lack. Uh, trauma from previous lack. So what happens is when you suffer too much lack, you become traumatized. Mm -hmm. And people who are traumatized are even more fearful of giving yeah. because they've experienced the trauma of lack. 
uh, as a youth, I, I we were very very poor when I was young growing up. Uh, it was it was there were experiences that where we were so poor that it became it became traumatic for me and I, and I had to relearn to unlearn I should say what I had learned through trauma so God took me on a um, um, a, a learning experience in my lifetime where I had to unlearn what I had learned through trauma to relearn what God wanted to teach me through His kingdom. Okay. Yeah, and that's why we say it's really having a kingdom mindset because it you don't you can't think like that on your own. You you're not born thinking that way because of the spirit of poverty that uh, is around a lot of people, even in churches, the spirit of lack. Even most of the time, the pastor in front of us is preaching from a spirit of lack yes. and poverty yes. because he's so dependent on, on the what, tithe that on the you tithes. give or not give, right? Exactly. And oftentimes in these churches that I was saying that aren't, um, it's not because they're, they're bad churches, but oftentimes these people don't really believe in the Holy Spirit and the giftings of the Holy Spirit they, and they all don't that under, goes together. They basically don't understand God's kingdom economics. Exactly. And all that is spiritual, right? And so if you, if you say no to certain parts of the Holy Spirit, well, the provision goes out the door with it, basically. Yeah. So that's why. So when you're sitting in a pew listening to them talk to you about, um, you know, uh, let's say, I don't know, um, you know, we shouldn't want any money and it's the root of all evil. And, you know, they're basically trying to make you feel like it's more righteous to, to, be, to poor be poor than, than to be and rich. whatnot. Then you, you're it shifts your mindset into thinking that's the way I should think instead yeah. of thinking, well, you know, how can I be a cheerful giver? Who can I bless today? Who does God want me to, to make an impact uh, in that person's life today? How can I make that person's life better? Do I have a certain thing that that person is in need of, you know, that the Lord or the, that you're in tune, that the Holy Spirit says, you know, you should really bless that person with that thing there that's, you know, in your closet that you're not using for the last five years, but would really bless that person. You know, that's just an example if, yeah. if you don't want to give money in per se, you know. And there, there's another fear I want to talk about, and it's the fear of being had by wolves in sheep's clothing, and which is again kind of trauma. See, for for certain Christians, what what it, what ended, what happened to them is that they were generous givers, they were cheerful givers until they've been had by uh, ministries that are corrupt or wolves in sheep's clothing, and after that, they shifted from "I'm a generous giver" to uh I'm never giving again to religion. Mm -hmm. And now they developed a spirit of as soon as a, a preacher is encouraging people to give, they shut the TV off or they yeah. shut the radio off. Or they and there uh, has been abuse. We have to say, oh no, there no, there they're definitely I just said wolves in sheep's clothing. There yeah. are some of those, and absolutely it it does create trauma. Uh, it's very hard for a believer who, who I don't know, let's say you, you believe in faith for a certain thing and you give a huge amount to a ministry thinking this is, this is going to bring me my answer. And it doesn't because it was very bad ground because the, the ministry itself is, is run by a wolf in sheep's clothing and you didn't discern and you didn't have that, that yeah. discernment and you got had. Well, that can create a trauma that can cause you to fall into Satan's snare. And Satan's snare is basically keeping you in fear of giving and therefore keeping you away from the harvest that God has for you. 
So that's all part of the plan, right? So he sends those wolves in sheep's clothing. They they abuse of the sheep. And then the sheep are like, never again, you know? So they don't, they don't give again. And therefore, they're the ones who suffer as a consequence because they do not reap a harvest anymore. And the devil is like, <laughs> it worked. Okay? So we must always give yielding to the Holy Spirit as to where we give. And we must always use discernment as to where we give. We must always ask God, Lord, where should I give? Where should I give? Lead me to where should I give? Like Liz was saying earlier, she was saying, like, should I give to, to so-and-so? Is this a pray about it? Ask the Lord to, to guide you. Uh, okay, what was I? I just want to specify yeah. something that I learned too that I thought was really interesting is that, um, you know, I always thought, for example, if you give a bundle of clothes that you don't need anymore to um, someone that needs it, that... Um, you know, obviously you're doing it out of the generosity of your heart. You want to see um, that person prosper in that way and you know that they need it. But at the same time, it's not considered a financial seed per se. So what what well, happens? The in the yeah, the Bible says that if you give to the poor, you, you will be uh, reimbursed basically by God. Yeah. So you'll so be reimbursed, but it's not a, a, a seed where you'll get a harvest. Yeah, where, where it's going to come back in provision financial provision and for the longest time i kind of didn't understand how that worked but basically um in the kingdom of god when you're sowing seeds in that way when you give clothing for example i i did this i gave a big bag of clothing many mm. many times to uh christian organizations to different friends and stuff and um what happened is i always got clothes back yeah. so and that's great because I needed it. I had three kids, right? Yeah. And so, if you're if you're doing it and expecting like a check from you know coming in your mailbox of a thousand dollars, for example, because you gave four hundred dollars worth of clothing, it might not happen that way. Like God might bless you. Like what's happened to me is that um, a wonderful hair, hairdresser that I had um, was so nice. Out of the blue, she just said, "Look, you know, my son has." Uh, doesn't wear the, this uh, this size, and I know your son wears this size, and I have a bunch of stuff that he's never even worn. And she gave me two huge, like big, big garbage bags, which was more than what I had given to. I had given one big garbage bag, let's say, to the to the uh, Christian center, and I got two big bags for for Jason, my oldest, which grows the fastest and needs it the most. Right. So I really saw that like, wow, you know, that's a harvest, like a, a wonderful return that the Lord gave me. Yeah. Know? And it's interesting what you bring up. Uh, even in the Bible, what we saw, Jesus blessed the, the two fish and five loaves. What did he get back? Fish, fish and, and loaves. Five. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the, the story with Elijah and the widow. She gave some oil and flour. What'd she get back? $5,000 in the mailbox? No. She got back flour and oil, which was good enough to feed them for the the months afterwards. But she got back the same thing. So if you take a seed of, of corn and you plant it in the ground, are you going to get tomatoes? No, you're going to get corn. So that's God's kingdom economy. It's kind of complex. It doesn't, it doesn't always pan out that way, but usually it does. And, and, when you sow financial seeds, that's what I like about financial seeds is it brings back 
financial, financial harvest. blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So she was saying about the clothes, she got back clothes. And I know a pastor who gave a car, gave yeah. a car to someone in need. Pastor in need and got a really nice. He got a really nice car back yeah. through miraculous fully, ways. Fully paid. Yeah, through miraculous ways. So it's it's kind of, um, it's fantastic. It's It's really interesting how God operates through the sowing and reaping and through giving. So uh, I'm just going to, we're going to, we're getting close to the end here. So we need to rest assured that the father has all sufficiency and he will provide more than enough for our needs. And we need to do away with fear. And that's what the, the, the goal of the, this double podcast this double broadcast we did about uh, sowing, kingdomizing your uh, money mindset. It was about basically encouraging believers, encouraging you guys to not be afraid anymore to give, not hold back. See, we hold back. We're, we're so scared that we hold back. And when we hold back, we, we, don't, we don't hurt God. He owns it all. Mm -hmm. We hurt ourselves because we're blocking the harvest. We're blocking the conduit through which we're going to be blessed. Mm -hmm. So don't don't hesitate. God doesn't just want a stingy heart. Let it let it go. Yeah. Let it don't, don't hold on to it. It's fine. Like remember Daffy Duck in that cartoon with the the, the Alibaba, oh. the <laughs> Alibaba, the cavern of Alibaba. I thought you were gonna say Scrooge. <laughs> well, Scrooge too. That's another good one. But the two both are ducks, which is ironic. But uh, <laughs> remember, don't be a duck, okay? Don't be a duck, okay? <laughs> That's good. But yeah, Daffy Duck was holding on to this pearl. Mine, 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 mine. Uh, and it was it was miniature. He, was, he had been shrunk for some reason. Anyway, so the Bible says that perfect love does away with fear. And that's 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 huge. When we are holding back, when we are holding on and 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 kind of scared, either traumatized or have a scarcity mindset. What we're really doing is we don't believe in the Father's perfect love for us. Think about that for a moment. The Bible says perfect love banishes fear, casts away all fear. When you understand the Father's heart, you're not going to be afraid to give. Even if your rent is due tomorrow and he just gave you a conviction to give that $500 today, you won't be afraid to give because you'll, you'll be like, I know that my father, my God, my king will never allow himself to be outgiven by anyone. Mm -hmm. And I know that he will provide all of my needs with glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that I can let that go because he's ordering me to do so. He's telling me to do it now. So I'm going to obey him out of love, out of fear also. He's a fear of God, but also out of obedience because I know that I know that this is going to yield great results for me in my life. So once you have this assurance, well, you can give you can give generously regardless of your past scarcity. See, if you've known scarcity in your life, there were times in, in my youth, I was, remember I was 14 years old. I was uh, being raised by my single mother. Mm -hmm. And I remember that week like it was yesterday. Uh, we we had no more food. And when I say we had no more food, I mean, we had no more food. The fridge was empty. She didn't have any money. And I was like, what are we going to eat? And my mom was trying to make light of it. She went in the, the, the food where we store food. She opened the door. He goes like, 
well, we have oatmeal and soya sauce. That might be good. And she was trying to make jokes, but of course, and oatmeal might have, you know, it, it would have sustained us. So there was there was that. But uh, I remember being very, very scared. I think, I, I think, looking back, I think I was traumatized at that moment. That traumatized me because I was like, and, and even uh, when, Liz, when you met me, I had this habit of stocking food. We would yeah. go to the grocery store and I would like, let's stock some. Let's keep some aside for a rainy day or whatnot. So I had this, this scarcity mindset. Uh, so also when you have the assurance of the father's love and of the father's provision and of, the, of also the king's uh, the king's mission to never be outgiven by anyone, your bad experiences with wolves in sheep's clothing won't matter anymore. You're not, you're not going to think about those. You're going to be like, that's in the past. I'm leaving that in the past. I know who I serve and I know I'm going to be just fine. And the trauma in, uh, endured at the hands of the earth curse system. You know, the earth curse system, you work hard. Sometimes you work 60, 80 hours a week and you're still not able to pay your bills. That creates intense fear and trauma. Yeah. And uh, for some of you, 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 you didn't know God or you know, you've, some of you, you know God, but maybe you just didn't understand how the kingdom operates. And maybe you're, you're in a season where your faith is, is not as big as a mustard seed. So you're suffering through this kind of trauma. You're like working two jobs, trying to make ends meet, and, and, and you're going crazy. And that causes trauma. You need to let go of that and really say, you know what? I cannot hold on to that fear because it's going gonna, it's gonna to damage me. It doesn't, it doesn't damage God. It grieves God. As a father, it grieves him. But it doesn't, it doesn't hurt him at all. And the devil just loves seeing us uh, living in the, in that kind of mindset, that that scared, that yeah. that tra tra traumatized mindset. Because he's the one who enjoys traumatizing us. He loves it. He loves it. He's having a, a ball doing that. So yeah. So the spirit of poverty and the spirit of lack will basically hinder your faith. So when you're not in faith, then even when you plant the seed, it won't it won't give you the harvest that you're looking for. Yeah. So it, it really is a test of faith. And that's why sometimes God asks us to give in a certain way or to a certain person or a certain amount because he's testing our faith. So it's all about faith. So when you have that mindset where you really believe that God is good, that he's your father, that he wants the best for you. That he's a king who will never be outgiven by anyone. Yeah. Then you have this mentality. Then you will give from a cheerful, cheerful heart. You'll give the amount that the Lord asks you to give knowing that he's just going to keep on blessing you because he's your heavenly father that truly, truly loves you. So you're not living in that fear. You're living in faith mode and you're not living in lack. You're not thinking poverty. You're th shifting from a mindset of who can I bless? How can um, I impact somebody financially or through uh, giving in a different way. Like I said, you can always, you know, use material that you have different things that, you know, that can be a blessing for for, for somebody in need. It could be food that you have extra of that you can give to somebody that really needs it. I mean, I think that we all know people that really need uh, different things now, uh, especially because of COVID and losing their jobs. And, and there, was, there was a lady um, that had a ministry that whenever people came to see, she had a ministry where she really knew how to direct people into abundance, okay? And, and whenever people came to her and told her 
I'm in need of of this or I'm in need of that. The first question she would ask them said, what do you have to give? (laughs) She would right away encourage them to give. And it was so counterintuitive for these people don't and you understand? I don't have anything. What you, I'm coming to Most you because I have. That, I don't yeah. have. I come to you because I do lack. And she says, "Yes, I understand." So we're going to fix this. What do you have to give? <laughs> so they would look at her and go, "Like, where is this going?" And then when she would get them through a process of giving, sowing a seed, and getting a result, getting a harvest back after praying in faith, they were amazed. They were like, "I never." knew it operated like that. I never do knew God worked like that way. And um, I think that's where we need to, to go. We need to go to a point in our lives, in our faith, when we're going to do things in a counterintuitive way, mm-hmm. because the intuitive way is basically the earth curse system way that we've come to know that ha- is, is keeping us uh, living under the devil's uh, foot on our face. Yeah. And we want to get off from under that. We want to get off from under that and enjoy God's abundance, enjoy God's provision, uh, enjoy his providence, um, enjoy his goodness. And, you know, so many things come from a harvest, even if it's a little harvest. When you sow your widow's mite, whatever it may be, and you get that harvest back, what does it do? It boosts your faith. You burst out in thanksgiving. You burst out in worship. Uh, it, it, it does a work inside of you that just shows you the Father's goodness that makes you your faith grow into wanting to give more. And then you get in a momentum, in a, um, a new way of doing things. And that's when you start seeing the regularity of God's provision come in your life in such an amazing way that you don't feel like anymore because you understand now how it works. But it takes this initial, uh, what should we call it, kickstart or we kind of need to get kicked, right? Because we don't think like that. So it's our thinking that needs to be completely rewired mm-hmm. to think kingdom thoughts and not think Earth curse system, painful toil and sweat, hard, hard to make money, hard to get money, hard to see. This is not the, the, the way of the kingdom. This is not how our king operates. This is not how his kingdom operates in the earth realm. And the kingdom is within you. Never forget that the kingdom is within you. It starts within. Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember that when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he came to restore everything and he came to restore our freedom. And when we're shackled by money and we're in lack we feel like we're prisoners of our jobs or prisoners of finances that we lack and that's exactly where the devil wants to have us that's exactly where he wants to keep you because he doesn't want you to understand these things because there's true freedom in um, understanding these things and understanding that god came to restore freedom so when jesus died on the cross for your sins he did that, but he also restored that freedom to have access to that financial abundance. See, uh, 
I've heard stories of people uh, who are in poverty because I we've been in entrepreneurship. We've heard all kinds of stories of entrepreneurs who were struggling, and we're all kinds of stories. Uh, I've heard one who said one day he was looking in the the sofa cushions because he, he couldn't even pay his electric bill, looking in his sofa cushions to find maybe a quarter or something, anything that would help him. But you see, when you're in the kingdom mindset, you're gonna look. If you're in need, you're gonna look in the sofa cushions for that quarter so you can give it because I need to plant a seed. You're going to be thinking, <laughs> I need to plant a seed. Where can I find a seed? See, you don't see the quarter as something that's going to, uh, well, it's a start. Maybe I can buy something with that. No, yeah. you're going to look for that for the different, for different reasons, because your mind has shifted. You're, you're, you understand things differently now. Exactly. I think that, I think we taught everything we, we needed yeah. to teach tonight. And so if you're starting out, um, Sebastian did write a book Absolutely. called The Five Reasons God Wants You to Prosper. Um, it's an amazing book because it really helps you with your mindset to understand these things that we're talking about. You know, it's kind of giving you that foundation to understand that God is good and where God is coming from. And it gives you a lot of scripture that back it up. The, the book, the book's purpose is really to fix your mindset mm. because the, the, the main problem is, Let's be honest, a lot of believers don't even believe that God wants them to prosper. Mm -hmm. So this book scripturally fixes that. I use the scriptures to prove without the shadow of a doubt that God does indeed want you to prosper. And here's another thing I never mentioned. I didn't mention that in the last episode when we spoke about the book. But here's another thing that's interesting about this book. At the end, I have compiled, there's a section at the end, an appendix, where I've compiled all of the scriptures that have to do with prosperity for believers in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I put them all together for you to read them and to grow your faith. Read them out loud. Uh, so so you, these scriptures, basically, the book gives you the blueprint of, of uh, why God wants you to prosper. So it gives you the five reasons. And I, I really delve deep and I give some really good stuff in there. But at the end, you have these scriptures to anchor your faith on to grow your faith into um, a, a basically a believing mindset when it comes to your prosperity. Exactly. So you could start there because if we don't truly believe, then we won't have the faith to plant the seed to, to see the harvest yeah. show up because it's all about faith. So if you if we are in hope mode, so you're you're planting your seed in hope mode that maybe God is going to give it back in some way. Maybe God is going to bless you in a certain way, then it won't yield any fruit. It won't yield results. Yeah. So that's why it's really important to have a good foundation in scripture to really understand why God wants you to prosper. What's his motive? Why is it important to him? Because we always think that, you know, it's important to us because we look at our needs, but we don't understand why it's important to him for you to prosper as well. So that's a really good uh, book, not just because my husband wrote it, but right. she, <laughs> it's she's really, my number one fan. But keep in mind, really guys, she's content. also my number one critic. So it's really good content. And so that's why we're no, I'm very proud of this book. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. Uh, it's about really fixing believers' mindsets as to believing for, for prosperity. for the Because, you know, God can do a lot more with a wealthy believer than with a poor believer. And he knows yeah. that. And, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it's no advantage to him mm -hmm. or to his kingdom 
to have anybody poor in his kingdom. He said it himself in the, in the Old Testament, there, there should be no poor among you. Mm -hmm. So when he gave the Israelites all the laws for the for operating in a perfect society, because that's what the, the Torah was, the, five first, the first five books of the Bible, there was the law in there. And ideally the law, if it were, if it were practiced, it never really was practiced perfectly because we're, we're, we're sinners, right? But if it had been practiced, ideally, it would have created a, 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 a perfect society in, in that epoch. Okay, so that was the whole point of this. Uh, but um, so he said, there should be no poor among you, saying, look, I gave you the laws. He gave, he gave him financial laws also, how to, how to operate in financial realm. There should be no poor among you. In other words, he's, he's saying, I took care of that. And he also said, I gave you the power to create wealth. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18. I gave you, the, so it is God who, gave, who gives us the, the power to create wealth. But these are there's so many princip scriptural principles that we fail to understand or apply. We miss the boat. We just, we just go right uh, past that and try to go to go to collect 200. Mm -hmm. And God wants you to understand his, his principles and collect 2 million. That's, that's the problem, right? And you, you, I want to go to go. I want to collect my 200. But you could have listen to his principles and his stuff and collected a lot more. Exactly. And there's faith, there's character uh, to take in consideration, in consideration, uh, humility and the, the right heart, right? Yeah, the right heart. So absolutely. the right heart to, to bless in the right way and to make it about God and his blessing over your life. How powerful of a testimony is that when, you know, you have all these amazing stories of how God's been providing for you and, uh, you know, we, ha we have to do a podcast just on that because we've seen a lot of supernatural blessings and we know a lot more are to yeah. come. And it's just encouraging. You know, we've been encouraged by other people's stories and we know that it's encouraging for other people to, to see how this works. Right. Absolutely. So I hope that you are blessed with this teaching. And for those of you that joined us a little later, go back and listen to the beginning. Uh, and last week is the first episode about. Uh, this topic about kingdom mindset, uh, your money, what do you call it? Kingdomizing your money mindset. Kingdomizing, yeah. It's a complicated title. We should have gone with correcting misgivings about giving, <laughs> which was my idea. <laughs> so anyhow, so we hope you're, you were blessed. I just want to show them um, again, our resources here. So if you want to go to thrivingonpurpose.com, yeah. we have our podcast episodes there. And we also have a free resource section where you can uh, get a bunch of downloads, uh, different eBooks that Sebastian wrote on different topics that are really uh, gonna boost your faith and help your uh, help your walk with God. And we also have, um, what's the other the thing? The YouTube channel. The YouTube channel oh, yeah. Go on that the YouTube channel. you can subscribe channel. on. We yeah. have some top nuggets, little insights there. Um, I think we have close to 200 videos now. Yeah, something like that. Channel. So, and we keep on adding new stuff. We have a lot of new stuff to add as well. So go check that out at Thriving on Purpose or our YouTube channel to have access to all of that. So be blessed. And as always, thrive on.